Hallelujah. Your hearts are burning. He's with us. Don't be afraid. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Bless you all. You may be seated. Thanks, Anton and Georgina. And thanks for all the people that are serving in this place. Hallelujah. How's everyone doing? Everyone sitting at the back today? Bless you all. Thank you for all coming. Today we gather to perfect our walk in Christ Jesus. Amen. To perfect our walk in Christ Jesus. Every week we gather, it's to perfect our walk in Christ Jesus, to become better. The Bible says in the book of Psalms that in the wisdom of God, teach us to number our days. Our days are numbered because the days are evil. How can the days be evil when you live your life outside of his will? It's true. So wisdom allows us to live our lives fruitful with the Holy Spirit. I can't tell you the fellowship that I've been having with the Holy Spirit so deep. You know, all those times where I'm going alone to spend it with him, it's so worth it. And I pray by God's grace you can learn from this. Because his still small voice it's in a still place. It's in a place where you begin to fellowship and fall in love with him. And I pray that everyone may uh, train themselves in this way. The Holy Spirit came to me during the week in my dream, and he said, you must you must teach them to apply habits to their life. But you must discipline yourself to form a habit. The most important thing for a believer. You know, a habit, what's the, the final destination of a habit if you are training yourself every time to form a habit for God? What, what do you think the final destination to that is? To achieve his goal, amen. A new behavior. Growth. Passionate, amen. Lifestyle, amen. Success, amen. One, what's that? Say it. Consistency, amen. You know when God sees consistency? He sees that you, you, you're loyal to him. The Holy, the Holy Spirit shared this scripture with me when we were worshipping. I like to read it. And it's actually where I've been doing my study for regarding the spirit of the Hittite. 
And it's interesting, in the same book where the Holy Spirit exposed the spirit of the Hittite that I might be sharing today, it's in the same book that allows you to defeat him. It's in Second Chronicles chapter 16, verse 9. Now look what it says here. Second Chronicles chapter 16 verse 9. It's interesting because when I'm studying about the spirit of the Hittite, in the same book God gives us a remedy to escape from that place. And look what it says here. Second Chronicles chapter 16 verse 9. For the eyes of the Lord, the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those who are loyal to him. In, this is what it says, that for the eyes of the Lord run to and fro the earth, to show himself strong on those who are loyal to him. This place, it's, it's, it's good we, we, we're beginning to work together in the body. But the greatest question you have to ask yourself, habit turns into loyalty. That's where you discipline yourself to become the person God called you to be. And when you're loyal to him, guess what happens? God fights on your behalf. Because so many people I meet every week, uh, so many people that I meet every week, they want, they want something from God. And God being good, he gives it to you. But something greater, he wants people that are loyal to him. Because when you're loyal to him, it's not about your needs anymore, about his needs. And when you, when you go after his needs, being the kingdom, what happens? Everything else is added to you. Everything is added to you. He'll show himself strong on your behalf. So let me put it in a way that I can understand it. When God, when God is not strong on your behalf, there is that nagging question that your path or your loyalty to him is not true. And a lot of my preaching hurts people. Because our lifestyle here, especially in this place, it's so loose. We play religion, we play Bible studies, we play church, we play God. This is, this is what I believe. Why the, the body is so frail and so weak is because our loyalty is not true to him. And it's the most important thing. When you're loyal to him, you're loyal to the body. When you're loyal to the body, you're loyal to his will. But out of all that scripture, he shows himself strong on your behalf, meaning every promise they are, yes and amen. It means that any device of the enemy, any place where the enemy is trying to interrupt your life, it's broken. Nothing can stand when you're loyal to him. Why? Because his eyes are diligently on you. Before the enemy is planning an attack, 
to sway you off your journey before the enemy is planning attack to attack any place of your life, his eyes are on you, giving you wisdom and understanding to fight yourself out of every problem. But the key is your loyalty to him. When you're loyal to him, he fights strong on your behalf. And it's the truth. It is the truth. We worship, we sing, we fellowship. The most important thing, my heart to your heart, is that you're loyal to him, is that your call to God is true. So that's something to think about. That is my call to God true, where every day I'm consistent in seeking him, consistent in following him, consistent in praying, consistent in seeking him, worshipping him, walking with him. Am, am I, am, am, are you consistent? Consistency turns into what? Loyalty. So many people are lacking in this place. So ponder on that scripture for the rest of the week and speak to your heart. Because the greatest way, everyone calls the name of Jesus. Does he fight on everyone's behalf? No, he fights on those who are loyal to him. If you seek him with all your heart, you shall find him. Draw near to him, he will draw near to you. And that, the foundation of that is your loyalty to him. Why do we owe him everything? Because he bought you with his blood. That's why. He bought you by his blood. That's why you're loyal to him. There is nothing that can... Um, speak greater than this he purchased you with his blood you were bought at a price the highest price God's son it's the truth and in the beginning of my journey I needed so much from God and he was so loyal to me because of his son but now I want to be loyal to him because of what he done for me are there going to be challenges? Of course. Are there going to be obstacles? Of course. But when you're loyal to him, he escapes you out of all of them. He gets you out of every trial. And it's true. I have a saying, fall forward. Don't fall backwards. Fall forward. Fall praying, fall in the word, fall forward. Whatever you do, I take no pleasure in those to shrink back. God doesn't. And I am what I am today by God's grace. All my strength is because of him. But I'll tell you something. Every day I pray, Lord, I'm here. Speak to me. What do you want me to do for you? And I'm busy every day for God. At times I rest. At times I get rejuvenated. But my heart is for his people now. This is what drives me to sit in this teaching. So are you loyal to him? In the beginning, we are relying so much on his loyalty across. 
But after he restores you, after he's given you his love, after he's blessed you, don't forget him. Okay. So um, last week we got massive feedback of what I spoke about. Can we just put that scripture about Exodus, Exodus chapter 20? 23, yeah, 23 to 20 to 2, 23, that's right. So did everyone listen to last week's Bible study? Just be honest, put your hands up if you have. You need to go back and listen because the Holy Spirit brought this scripture alive and for you to catch up on what I'm going to say today, you need to go back and to listen because it will bless you so much. We had around 80 people last week. They said to me, I've been operating in Satan's behavior and characteristic. So this, this teaching is not about casting out a demon. It's about changing your behavior. So how can you change something you don't know that belongs to him? How can you change your behavior inside your heart if you don't know that it belongs to the enemy? So what the Holy Spirit does, he brings it to the surface so you can see that what you've been occupying in your heart, unfortunately, has been the enemy himself. So this teaching is based on behavior. You can't cast out a behavior. You repent from your behavior and you change. Do we get that? Okay. Is anyone hot in this place? Yeah? You want us to put the aircon on? Or you are sweating from the anointing? Or are you sweating from the anointing? <laughs> Do you want us to turn on the aircon a little bit? Okay. Okay. So, a lot was said last week. A lot was said last week. To be honest, the greatest thing the Holy Spirit can do through all your lives is what? The inward work. Satan's greatest desire is to take the place of God. Where? In your heart. And so many people, you know, like as a, as a person, how I operate, I see right through you. That's the, the, the prophet calling. I see what's in your heart. And for me, how I've been taught to teach the Word of God, I don't cut the leaves or the food. I go to the root of the problem. And the root of the problem is Satan. When you can identify Satan, it maybe gets people uncomfortable. But when you can identify Satan, guess what happens? You're in the place of a breakthrough. So 80 people last week, roughly, they said to me, Everything you said, I'm operating in it. So we give thanks to the Holy Spirit for bringing this teaching alive. Because guess what happens? Your behavior changes. You live in freedom with Christ. Freedom. Okay. So I hope that everyone goes back to listen because it's a big teaching. I don't want to go back on all that I said Let's quickly go through it. 
the spirit of the Hittite. Last uh, two weeks ago, I spoke about the spirit of the Amorite in man. So please, I encourage you to go back. I can't tell you how important it is. <clears throat> the spirit of the Amorite I spoke about. The word Amorite means to speak against someone so as to boast about yourself. So the first spirit that we dealt with is the, the spirit of the Amorite, is to speak, to speak against someone so as to boast about yourself. The word Amorite means to speak in order to murmur against another. The word Amorite means to speak, uh, sorry, the word Amorite means to say something in a wrong spirit. That's massive when I break it down from the New Testament. We establish that God will not stay in a place of criticism. This begins in the place of your heart. That if you're a person who is always critical of others, whether they're not walking with God or whether they're walking with God and you can always pick things that there is an issue with, that's called a, a spirit of the Amorite, the critical spirit. The, Phar the Pharisees walk very powerful, powerful in this. The Holy Spirit will not remain in a heart of criticism. We establish why the Holy Spirit doesn't operate freely in churches today because they've established the spirit of criticism, the spirit of the Amorites, from the head decaying all the way down, unfortunately. And by God's grace, we pray that God always protects us. So that was the spirit of the Amorites. I cut that very short because the Holy Spirit got me into this teaching. This is... This is affecting the body so much, the spirit of the Hittite. So now let's look at what the spirit of the Hittite means, just to go back. The spirit of the Hittite in man means sons of Terah. The Hittites were descendants of Noah's great-grandson's Heth, whose name means Terah. In other words, the fear of the unknown Okay, the fear of the unknown. Did we see the spirit in the pandemic working so much, so powerfully? Certainly, but it's deeper than a pandemic. Imagine you get your doctor's report and it says you have cancer. The spirit of the Hittite allows you to make decisions based on the natural, the emotions and the feelings and outside the word of God. So the fear of the unknown is where the spirit of the Hittites work very powerfully. Meaning it bypasses your mind and it attacks your feelings and your emotions. Terror is related to the unknown. It has to do with things your mind cannot see. Terror is more emotional than mental. You need to hear this. It's so important. Terror is more emotional than mental. It's based more on what your emotions hear than on what your mind can see. Terror is where you get the word terrorist, which comes from terrorism. Terrorism means a manifestation of fear, a literal fear of an unknown happening, a secrecy plan and carried out with the aim to create panic, confusion among the unsuspecting. 
When fear comes along and attacks our mind, panic sets in and we start to react irrational. Irrational means terror comes to your mind. Your mind is weakened. Your mind tends to be unreasoning, weak and invalid, meaning it cripples your thoughts and the emotions of terror take over. I witnessed this so much in my journey. So the spirit, this is what the spirit of the Hittite feeds on. This is how it gains the momentum, and this is what the spirit of the Hittite loves. Let me just quickly go through it. The spirit of the Hittite in man attacks your emotions. The spirit of the Hittite is responsible for anxiety, anxiousness. The spirit of the Hittite is responsible for phobias. Let's do some correcting. Fear is not the opposite of faith. Fear is the opposite of courage. Unbelief is the opposite of faith. Cowardness is the opposite of courage. We established the, the three doorways to abnormal fear. I'll just say this part and I'll get to my study. <clears throat> abnormal fear. One of the, door, the doorways to phobias is abnormal fear. One of the doorways to abnormal fear is the fear of abandonment. The fear of abandonment is the doorway of fear where the spirit of the Hittite entered a person. The fear of abandon or separation regarding family, relationships, and friendships causes you the emotion of hurt, causes you the emotion of sadness, causes you the emotion of anger, causes you the emotion of always feeling lonely, causes you the emotion of rejection, causes you the emotion of blaming yourself or others, and that turns into self-criticism. All this stems from the root of fear. Let's go one step deeper, and then I'll go back to my study. The real issue is the fear of not being loved regarding you in Christ Jesus. Remember, the perfect love of God cast out all fear. So the perfect love of God deals with that. And you must understand that Jesus completed you at the cross. Where fear, unfortunately, is still living, the root of fear, it's a lack of identity. You don't see yourself as a son yet, you see yourself as a slave. So I'm speaking about this today, a slave, prisoner. So you can take photos of my notes later if you like, but let's get into it. So this will be probably too deep for some believers, but I pray that you will understand what I'm saying. The Hittite spirit attacks our emotions. Our brain is set up with two hemispheres. The right side of the brain is associated with logical reasoning, truth, law, limitations, establishes truth, public openness, and seeing, and things are seen. On the other hand, the left side of the brain is associated with creative and initiative process, spirit, grace, freedom, life, new, unknown truths, unseen, secrecy, and hearing. So the mind is on the right side of the soul and our emotions are on the left side of our soul. 
pay attention because there's a mystery in the Old Testament regarding this. It's exciting. So let me say this again. So the mind, so the mind is on the right side of the soul. Our emotions are on the left side of our soul. Now, this is the punchline, that the Hittite spirit attacks our emotion, trying to go unseen by the mind. It loves to be unseen, meaning undetected. Do you understand? Now let's go back to the children of Israel. Moses had died and Joshua is ready to begin leading them into the promised land. Let's read this mystery. Joshua chapter 1, verse 3 to 4 in the Amplified Version. I don't want to get too carried away. Okay, so we established last week that whenever the Holy Spirit wants to expose Satan's character, he speaks in six. Remember, there were six different tribes which symbolizes Satan's characteristics. There are six things the Lord hates. Colossians chapter 3, verse 5, Paul speaks about six things of characteristics of Satan. So it always speaks in sixes. Whenever it speaks in sixes, it symbolizes Satan and his characteristics and his behavior and his um, personality. Okay. So let's see here now. Look what it says here. Every place upon which the sole of your foot shall tread that I have given to you as a promised Moses, that they are just about to enter the promised land. The Holy Spirit wanted them to deal with one particular spirit, how I'm speaking to you in the spiritual way. Every, can we go back one second? That's okay. Every place upon which the sole of your foot shall tread, that I have given to you as a promised Moses, from the wilderness and this Lebanon to the great river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittite, Canaan, and to the great Mediterranean Sea on the west shall be your territory. So here he's dealing with one spirit. The most important sect of the enemy that, that, what, that does what enters you undetected. Because someone may look at their emotions and feelings, what? To protect you. How many people are here, you know, that's my gut feeling. This is what I feel. It's not right. Who said it's not right? So the enemy attacks you out of that realm. And some people even say it's the Holy Spirit, and it's not even him. So from the wilderness and this Lebanon to the great river Euphrates and all the land of the Hittites, he deals with one, and it's actually... It's actually amazing when you understand what he's speaking about. And to the great Mediterranean Sea on the west shall be your territory. So you know in the Old Testament it's a physical manifestation of entering the promised land. 
in the New Testament, it's a spiritual manifestation of entering the promised land. Do we understand that? And I'll show you from the scripture. So we'll stop there for now. Look what Paul says about the Old Testament. He said, the Holy Spirit spoke to me in the beginning of this year. He said to me, I'm going to begin to show you Paul's deepest teachings um, from the New Testament. And look how it all comes together. R Romans 15.4. For whatever things were written before, which is the Old Testament, were written for our learning, were written for our learning, that through the patience and comfort of the Scriptures, we might have hope. Why is that hope? You know why? Because when you're in the place of the wilderness and when you're in the battlegrounds of the enemy, your fate can be written. Your story can be written or God's story can be written through you. How can your story be written if you didn't recover? If you're damaged, you're spiritually tired, you're weak, you're frail, You've entered the battlegrounds emotionally. Begin to see what he's trying to say now. He's saying here, you can't enter the promised land emotionally dictated. You'll be defeated. You must enter the battlegrounds with the Holy Spirit through the Word of God. So here you begin to see the picture. The left side... Can we go back one sec, please? Uh, sorry, go back to the other scripture. Next, yeah, please. So I'll just give you a little treasure how the Holy Spirit lets us see these things. The west side is the left side. Can, can we start to see now? The left side is our emotions. He's saying, he's saying here, all the land of the Hittites, the Canaan, to the great Mediterranean Sea, on the west shall be your territory. Meaning what? Meaning what? You have to, you have to crucify that place of being emotionally driven. Because if you don't crucify the place of emotionally driven, you will be guided by emotions rather than the truth. So it's going to get more and more intense. But the left side is symbolic of the emotions, the feelings, the natural man. And how many people today are suffering in the battlegrounds of the enemy because they're trying to walk with God emotionally. They're trying to get victory emotionally. It's a slave mentality. The only spirit, he said, you need to master. And when you master this area, guess what happens? You're not walking by sight anymore. You're walking by faith. Sight is driven by emotion. Okay. So that, that west shall be your territory. It's talking about the left side of your brain, emotionally driven. Too deep. I was rejoicing when I'm studying this because 
Holy Spirit shown some deep treasures. You think like, what's the difference between left and right and all this stuff? It means something and it always confirms itself in the New Testament and the Old Testament. Let's go. Let's... Um, so remember, the Hittite spirit tries to bypass the mind and slip into the unknown, unseen emotional where there is no vision. Ecclesiastes. Let's go to Ecclesiastes, just to confirm what I'm saying. The word, the word speaks of it. So Ecclesiastes, the New King James Version, chapter 10, verse 2 to 3. Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verse 2 to 3 in the New King James Version. It's actually amazing. Ready? <laughs> so the teaching is going to get so deep, you have to listen every week to understand what's happening. A wise man's heart is at the right hand, but a fool's heart is at his left. Even when a fool walks along the way, he lacks wisdom. What's the issue? For the spirit of the Hittite to attack the believer, he's lacking wisdom. And I'm going to establish what that means. And he shows everyone that he is a fool. Unfortunately, a person who's always emotionally driven rather than the truth, which we see in the body so, so relevant today, they're always coming to God emotionally. They're always praying to God emotionally. Today, rejoice. Don't get hurt. Rejoice because you're going to come out of that place. God in the scripture said, there's one thing you have to master. It's your emotions. Because believe me, you can't stand in the wilderness when you're dictated by the emotion. When the Lord rebukes you, it's not comfortable. You're emotionally dying for the truth to be established in you. The Bible says that don't be discouraged when you're rebuked by the Lord. So imagine you're emotionally coming to Christ and he's beginning to discipline you, refine you and purge you, and you're emotionally driven with God. You say, Lord, why are you doing this to me for? I thought you loved me. Yeah, he, lo he disciplines those he loves. And you're emotionally dictated to Jesus. I love you so much. He says, I love you more to keep, to, to keep you this way. I can't. So he begins to, the transition begins to take place so powerfully. And believe me, so many people of the body are operating emotionally. And it's the truth. I was dealing with someone maybe months ago, and he goes, you know, I feel, I feel let down, I feel broken. We're trying to solve an issue between another brother and another brother. And he says, I feel like, you know, I can't trust him. I feel like, you know, it's, um, I can't come back. I feel like there is something. And I said, my friend, what does God say to do? What does God say to do? Go and reconcile with your brother. Go and see him in secret. You see what a feeling can do? A feeling can destroy your walk with God. And it's true. That's just a little example. But I wasn't going there. 
And that's not to hint out to anyone here, please. Don't entertain any thoughts in your mind. <laughs> so you see that treasure there in the Bible about the left side, the emotional, the right side, the way of the spirit. Where is Jesus seated? Right hand of the Father. It symbolizes the way of truth. So the left side is always the emotional realm. Natural man. It's actually, it's too powerful. So I'm taking my time in this teaching because I don't want to rush it. I want everyone to actually understand and get fed. Where they can reflect back on their heart and they say, okay, which part of me is emotionally driven to God? So he says here, as far as the great Mediterranean sea towards the west shall be your territory. You need to master that place. You cannot be emotionally guided by God. Because then you unfortunately enter a place of a slave mentality. What does a slave do? Begs God. Begs God. Okay. So, this teaching, it's, it's a good teaching because I'm going to show you how the spirit of the Hittites attracted to you. Yeah? The spirit of the Hittites attracted to you because you lack wisdom. Mm, you lack wisdom. Okay? Let's go to Proverbs 16, verse 16, to understand what wisdom is. There's many treasures about wisdom, but this is what I want to speak about. It says, how much better to get wisdom than gold and to get understanding is better chosen than rather silver. Rather than silver. Okay? So it shows you here that the spirit of the Hittite is attracted to the believer, unfortunately, that is led in the emotional realm. And, and I like how the Holy Spirit let me teach this. Because he's giving you a way out. He's painting you a picture to escape out of that place. I love how the Holy Spirit does it. He just doesn't cut the foundations that you're walking on. He establishes a new foundation. So Proverbs 16, verse 16, how much better to get wisdom than gold and to get understanding is to be chosen rather than silver. Okay. Let me just go quickly through this. Gold is symbolic of the presence of God. Just to cut it short, there are, there are many other meanings, but the root meaning of gold symbolizes the presence of God. So the spirit of the Hittite is attracted to a person who runs from the presence of God. Yes? I shared with someone today about... Oh, no, I won't go there, actually. I won't go there. We open up another teaching. I don't want to. So, how much better to get wisdom than gold and to get understanding is better chosen than rather silver. Gold is symbolic of the presence of God. So, if you, if you want to escape out of that place where the enemy is attracted to, the issue... The issue is not the devil. The issue is the lack of God in your life. Can you begin to see the picture now? The issue is not the devil. Resist the devil, he'll flee from your life. The issue is not him. 
The issue is your lack of commitment to God. Gold is symbolic of the presence of God, God's anointing, God's holiness, God's majesty, God's divine nature, joy, refining fire, and God's purification. But isn't that interesting that in the presence, they are all found there, all of those things. And I spoke so much before about the presence of God. Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 23 to 25. Take heed to yourselves, lest you forget the covenant of the Lord your God, which he made with you, and make for yourselves a carved image in the form of anything which the Lord has God has forbidden you. For the Lord your God is a consuming fire, a jealous God. Isn't that interesting here? And make for yourselves a carved image in the form of anything. Where does those images formed? In your heart. What's the greatest image you can form in your heart? To be emotionally led. To be guided by your pain. To have a story of your past that you're still living in. That's the greatest story that you can carve inside your heart that blocks the Holy Spirit from working in your life. Remember what Jesus says, when you come to me, the old has passed away, the new has come. And if you're not willing to let go of your pain, which in a way protected you from being wounded again or hurt again, unfortunately you block the Holy Spirit from coming. And it's true. So the first key to gain wisdom in your life, I have to spend time in the presence of God. The second key is the silver. Now this is good because it's a fine balance. But look what it says here. Let's go back. It says, for the Lord your God is a consuming fire, a jealous God. You know what he does in the presence? He, he fights so much on your behalf to show you that I'm, I'm the one for you. I am the one for you. I'm the one that laid my life down for you. I'm the one you shall seek. Okay. And isn't that interesting why people, so many people go through warfare today? Because they've carved the image of their bank account, they've carved the image of a house, they've carved the image of how they want to succeed in this life, they carve the image of what they want to do with their life on earth. And guess what happens? They they carve an image of they have to protect their children, control every situation. Guess what happened? There's never rest. The enemy attacks every area. You know why? Because that image is not God. Do you begin to see? Whatever you have carved that is outside of Jesus being the only author and finisher of your life, your faith, the enemy has entry into it. And he knows this. So your job continues to get attacked. Why? Because you're, you're, you've carved the image that your job will supply all your needs. Jesus is the person that does that. So whatever you carve, I learned this when my company got attacked, my work. I learned this. Sitting in the presence of God. I had so many questions. And I learned this. The Holy Spirit said to me, Two years, I hid myself in the presence of God. I didn't tell anyone. Hours and hours by myself. And the Holy Spirit said, your identity is not in my blessing. Your identity is in me. 
<laughs> Did I learn a great lesson? I learned a great lesson. Your identity is not in the blessings I give you. Your identity is in me. The enemy can attack the blessing. He can't attack the blesser. He can't. He can't. So I learned that in pain. And I shared this, what the Lord done for me. He can't attack God. So if your security is in God alone, the enemy can't touch you. He can try, he can't succeed. Are we at that place yet? Well, well. Silver. Silver refers to the word of God that brings understanding. So gold is symbolic of God's presence. Silver is, is, represents the word of God. So how do you get wisdom today? Presence of God, word of God, they're together. So many people, they're strong in the word. They lack the presence. It's a fine balance. I'll read this scripture out for you. It's from First Peter chapter 1, verse 1 to 9. I'm going to see how long I can go regarding this topic. There are three stages here that I'm going to preach about. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 1 to 9 in the Amplified Version. Do we have the Amplified Version? So I've been preaching a lot from this. Um, it just gives it a deeper meaning. And when I feel like there are taken words out that avoid that spiritual meaning, I don't quote that scripture. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 1 to 9 in the Amplified Version. Peter, an apostle a special messenger of Jesus Christ, writing to the elect, exiles of the dispersion scattered, sowed abroad in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, who were chosen and foreknown by God the Father and consecrated, sanctified, made holy by the Spirit to be obedient to Jesus Christ, the Messiah, and to be sprinkled with his blood, may grace, spiritual blessings, and peace be given you in increase and abundance that spiritual peace to be realized in and through Christ. Freedom from fears, agitating passions, and moral conflicts. Praise, honor, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah. By his boundless mercy we have been born again to an ever-living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Born anew into an inheritance which is beyond the reach of change and decay, imperishable, unsullied and unfading, reserved in heaven for you, 
who are being guarded, garrisoned by God's power through your faith to your fully inherit that final salvation that is ready to be revealed for you in the last time. You should be exceedingly glad on this account, though now for a little while you may be distressed by trials and suffer temptations, so that the genuineness of your faith may be tested, your faith which is infinitely more precious than the perishable gold which is tested and purified by fire. This proving of your faith is intended. So you begin to see what gold is symbolic of. You see his presence, the trials and the test. You begin to see why it's to sanctify you, to cleanse you, to bring to light everything that's inside. I think this is a different translation than the Amplified, but I'll keep reading. This proving of your faith is intended to be redound to your praise and glory and honor when Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One, is revealed. Without having seen him, you love him. Though you do not even now see him, you believe in him and exult and thrill with inexpressible and glorious, triumphant, heavenly joy. At the same time, you receive the result, the outcome, consummation of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Okay, and I think that's it. I think it's a different version, but it's okay. So you begin to see what gold is symbolic of, that you need, you need to undergo discipline, purification, presence. So in Psalms 119, 169, it said, Let my cry before you, let my cry come before you, O Lord. Give me understanding according to your word. So, so gold, the presence, silver, the word. It says, Let my cry come before you, O Lord. Give me understanding according to your word. You know, imagine you praying this every day. Do you actually pray this prayer that God can give you understanding to know his word? Just... just Take a step back. Is that the most important thing that you seek as a believer? For me, there are two most important aspects in a person's journey. How you pray, how you read the Bible. I think nothing is greater than these two. Do you agree? Imagine you're not getting it right. I have some people say, you know, wherever the Bible flicks, I read. <laughs> literally and God spoke to me in that scripture like I just yeah. I said what did you learn they said oh she said it's in Revelation <laughs> and I said I said my friend that's not how you read the Bible when you cry out for understanding to God it's symbolic that you want to know truth you want to love the truth. You want to walk in the truth. Look at these people here in the Old Testament, how they were contacting God. They were crying out for truth. Just a question to challenge your prayer life. Do you cry out for truth? Are you crying out for truth? Because it will come to you. But if you don't cry out for truth, it will not come. 
Let my cry come before you, O Lord. Give me understanding according to your word. Just a question. Psalms 119, verse 130. The entrance of your word gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. What does it say? Silver is like understanding from Proverbs 16, 16. Shows you his word is the silver. Gold is the presence. The two major factors that allows you to be free from the devil's snares. The presence and the word. I can assure you, when someone is dictated emotionally, when's the last time you prayed? When's the last time you sat in the word? You see, it's, dec it's decreased. It's like the same, the same story. Every person that I go to see, I ask them these questions. Their life is troubled. I speak to probably 20, 25 people a day. And I said, let me ask you a question before you tell me your life story. Have you stopped praying in the Spirit? Have you stopped reading the Word of God? Yes. And I showed them, I showed them, I, I can actually do nothing for you. I'll be emotionally comforting you, but to let go of God, especially when you're in the grounds of the enemy, you're emotionally fighting him. You can't stand. He showed him in, the, in, the, in Joshua that if you don't master the emotions where you're not dictated by sight anymore, you're dictated by faith, you will stay emotionally driven where the place of warfare is. Okay, so the entrance of your word gives light, it gives understanding to the simple. Now, let's go. Let's go to the next one, part two. The spirit of the Hittite will bring intimidation and fear and discouragement. It's a spirit, remember. It's not a feeling, it's a spirit first. The Hittite spirit will bring intimidation and fear and discouragement. Let's go to Numbers, chapter 21, verse 1 to 4 in the New King James Version. This is so powerful because it shows you. It shows you a, a little treasure here. One to four. The king of Arad, the Canaanite, who dwelt in the south, heard that Israel was coming on the road to Athrim. Then he fought against Israel and took, and took some of them prisoners. So Israel made a vow to the Lord and said, If you will indeed deliver these people into my hand, then I will utterly destroy their cities. And the Lord listened to the voice of Israel and delivered them up the Canaanites, and they utterly destroyed them and their cities. So the name of that place was called Homa. Now listen to this now. Remember last week I spoke about the spirit of the Hittite? He attacks you when the way is hard. Had, had, we established this last week. The spirit of the Hittite is attracted, I told you, Satan's, one of Satan's name is the prince of the flies. 
He always flies around wounds, where there is pain, where there's hurt, where there's trauma. He always gathers around these places to write your story. Look what it says here. Then they journeyed from the Mount Hor by the way of the Red Sea to go around the land of Edom, and the soul of the people became very discouraged on the way. Okay, so this is the spirit of the Hittite. Now, let's get into it now. Now, let me explain. King Arad heard that Israel was coming. He fought against Israel and took some, of, some captive as prisoners. Your mind. Just a spiritual picture. Israel made a vow to God and asked for his help. God accepted the vow and Israel, uh, with God's help, won the battle. But the, but the Hittite spirit did damage to the soul. It did damage. This is where I'm going now with my teaching. The Hittite spirit did damage. The soul of the people were discouraged because of the way. So when you go through warfare, God maybe did give you the victory, but on the way you encounter discouragement, intimidation, fear, and as a result, you complain and stumble. See, God will test our vision and our growth in warfare, the Hittite spirit will try to steal your faith and replace it with fear, intimidation, and dread. The Hittite spirit is the reason you're gripped with terror regarding when you face unknown things. Now, this is the punchline here. The Hittite spirit will cause you to be a prisoner. Even though God gave you the victory, you can still be walking in discouragement, intimidation, Fear and dread. Are you a prisoner to your emotions? This is how the spirit of the Hittite attacks the believer. Are you a prisoner to your emotions? Or are you a soldier that has entered the tribe of the Hittites and destroyed his tactics and his arrows? The spirit of the Hittite attacks in this way. This, the Hittite spirit during warfare wants you to learn discouragement, intimidation, fear, and dredge, which is emotional. The spirit of God wants you to learn to walk by faith, not by sight, what you feel or what your emotions say. Okay. Proverbs chapter 13 verse 12. Now, this is how the spirit of the Hittite begins to gain momentum in believers today. It's in the New King James Version. It says, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but when the desire comes, it is a tree of life. You know that word in the Hebrew, what it refers to? Expectation. When your expectations are not, have not come yet, guess what happens? Fear, dredge, intimidation comes. Spirit of the Hittite. Why so many believers today are sick spiritually is because they have an expectation and it didn't come in the right time 
and their hope is crushed. That's the plan of the enemy when you're in the wilderness. That's why you hear Paul in the wilderness telling you, be patient. Be patient. Hebrews 11, by faith and patience, by faith and patience, by faith and patience. I have no expectation anymore but to walk with God. When you're walking with God, there's no expectation but a trust. A trust that he, everything's going to work out for the good. When you have an expectation, guess what it is? Emotional. Emotional. This is what God's going to do in my life. This is how it's going to happen. I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this for him. Guess what happens? You've emotionally tried to establish something that can be only established spiritually. And why so many people are sick because they've had an expectation and the, and the expectations are not, are not meant, are not met, the spirit of the Hittites entered. Fear, intimidation. You begin to see the picture? So how do you learn in all this? I just like to speak openly. God taught me something that changed my journey. How do you learn regarding an expectation and your expectation is not met? How do you learn? God taught me one principle that changed my journey. You know what it is? Not to glory in the blessings, glory in the process. Because when you glory in the process, you've learned the things that needed to be addressed and changed in your heart. When you glory in the expectation, your eyes are only on the gift. Your, your eyes are only on the benefit. You begin to see that? My eyes are on the process of changing and renewing myself day by day. But when your eyes, why people's hopes are deferred, because they have a high expectation, they've missed the very thing that God wants to change in their heart. They, they couldn't enter his rest because they didn't learn his way. You begin to see why so many people are destroyed in the wilderness and don't enter into the promised land, which is the will of God in your life is to operate for Jesus Christ on earth. That's what I believe the promised land is. Is because they had an expectation of, of what's going to come in their life regarding the blessings and their provision. They've missed the whole purpose of the change that needs to happen in their heart. So if you're always, if you're always learning the process, if you're always learning his way, guess what's happening? Guess what's happening? There's no expectation anymore. There's a commitment. Commitment. Your heart can never get trapped in this place. But when you have an expectation, impatience, frustration, bitterness, anger, resentment, and then you begin, what happened in the wilderness? Murmur and complain. The spirit of the Hittite is attracted to that. You begin to see? So the Hebrew word for hope is an expectation. I prayed for so long and it didn't come to me. Did God even tell you to 
focus on this or to focus on the way of Christ in your heart? In the wilderness, they were looking to get fed rather bypassing what needed to be done in their heart. That's something that I wanted to say here. Proverbs 18, 14, 15. So Proverbs chapter 18, verse 14 to 15. So why so many people are broken is because, is because why? Because they missed the mark. They are looking for an expectation. They are looking for things to get resolved in their life, forgetting the process in their heart. It's so important. This is real talk to your heart. So guess what happens when your expectation is not met? Guess what happens when your expectation is not met? You stop praying. You stop praying. Because, you know, I believed. I fasted and I prayed. And I, someone said, someone called me last week. They said, uh, they said, what are you doing? I said, I'm just in a place um, fasting and praying. They said, what are you fasting for? I said, I'm fasting to change. Can't pour new wine into old wineskin. I'm not fasting just for a breakthrough. I'm fasting to deal with the, the fleshly man. I'm not doing something regarding an expectation. Look what it says here. The spirit of a man will sustain him in sickness, but who can bear a broken spirit? Next scripture. The heart of the prudent acquires knowledge. The ear of the wise seeks knowledge. So when I read the Bible, guess what's happening? I'm reading the Bible to see what God is interested with. Is he interested in, in a provision or a blessing? He'll give it to you. He's not slow in keeping his promises. He wants everyone to come to repentance. What does the enemy do? The enemy, on the other hand, allows you to approach emotionally. And when you approach things emotionally, guess what happens? You, in your mind, build a story of what God's going to do in your life. Emotional. Okay. Now, this is something very powerful. See, the spirit of the Hittite attacks when the way is hard. We establish this. The spirit of the Hittite attacks when the way is hard. What do I mean by that? When the way is hard, it reflects that you are walking in a slave mentality. Slave mentality represents victim mentality. Let's go to Leviticus chapter 26. Verse 13, are we called to walk in a slave mentality or a victim mentality? In the New Testament, what are, what are we called to walk in? What's that, sorry? Sonship, there's one thing I'm looking for, one word that Paul talks to Timothy. 
because remember we're in battle now. Starts with S. We're in battle. When someone goes to battle, who? What are they called? Soldier. So there's a difference between a slave mentality and a victim mentality. God wants us to inherit a soldier mentality. Remember in the battle of Joshua, they were entering the promised land. They were going to do war. So you're meant to have a soldier mentality and kill every part of that place which is emotional. You get it now? To kill the emotional realm. I'm not emotionally led anymore. So Leviticus chapter 26 verse 13. It says, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt that you should not be their slaves. I have broken the bands of your yoke and made you walk upright. The greatest thing the spirit of the Hittite wants you to walk in is slave mentality, a victim mentality. Slave mentality in this day and age speaks of a slave to habits, a victim to a broken life, a slave to past wounds, a slave to our flesh, and a slave to a false peace that the world offers. Identifying a slave mentality, the spirit of the Hittite is attracted to a slave mentality. Let's go to Numbers chapter 11 verse 1. So a slave mentality does one thing that is common. Look what it does. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt. Oh no, not that one. Is it? In the Amplified. There is one thing that the spirit of the Hittite is attracted to. It's a slave mentality. Remember, he attacks when the way is hard. Where is that in the New Testament today? The wilderness. Where God is disciplining you, where God is purging you, where God is bringing all the things in your heart to the light so the Holy Spirit can work on you. That's why you hear every time in the book of Hebrews, don't harden your heart. Don't harden your heart. As the Holy Spirit says, don't harden your heart. Why? Because when you harden your heart, what's left? Emotional. You're walking emotionally now. How many times I hear it? I tried, I prayed, and it just didn't work out for me. Emotional. Emotional is the spirit of the Hittite. He attacks you. The left side of your brain, the emotional realm. I don't feel like I can walk with God. I feel like the journey is hard. You see how the enemy attacks? I don't want to pray anymore because I feel like every time I'm praying, I'm getting attacked harder. You begin to see how much emotionally you are driven. Spirit of the Hittite. The spirit of the Hittite is attracted to a slave mentality. And the slave mentality does one thing in common. 
Shut your ears, everyone. And the people grumbled. <laughs> so I read it in my, I think it's a different translation. Now, the people became like those who complain and whined about their hardships. They missed the whole point of what God needs to do in their heart. If the enemy wants to do something in the wilderness, it's to paint a different picture of who God is in your life. And how you can paint that picture is by complaining and whinging. You taste God to be bitter. But it's really your heart. Now the people became like those who complained and whined about their hardships, and the Lord heard it. And when the Lord heard it, his anger, his anger was kindled. So the enemy, the enemy knows this, that if you can get trapped in this area, one good thing you do if you want to get trapped, start complaining. Start complaining, the weeds, the weeds of your heart, the foul smell, it begins to grow so thick that all that wants to eat is the serpent. Okay. Now the people became like those who complained and whined about their hardships. And the Lord heard it. And when the Lord heard it, his anger was kindled. And the fire of the Lord was burned among them and devoured those in the outlying parts of the camp. Slaves are in the habit of complaining and whinging. It's a slave mentality where the Hittite spirit is attracted to. In other words, like you're fellowshipping with him, unfortunately. Now look, what's the root door of where slavery mentality comes from? Anyone here? What do you think the root door of a slave mentality is? What's the root door of that? Defeat, rejection, something deeper than that. Deeper than sin. Deeper. There is a common denominator in the New Testament that shows you the doorway to a slave mentality. It's one word. Starts with you. Unbelief, good. So you're going to learn. So today I gave you an understanding that the spirit of the Hittite is attracted to a person who lacks wisdom. He lacks the presence of God. He lacks the word of God. Now, slave mentality, the doorway of a slave mentality is unbelief. And I'll show you through the scripture. And I think I'll close off with that. Hebrews chapter 3 verse 7 to 18 in the New King James Version. Now look what unbelief does. It's, a very, it's, it's not really spoken in the body today. It's the greatest sin I believe in the body today, unbelief. Unbelief is the greatest sin in the church today. It 100% is. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 7 to 18. So remember what I said to you last week? We don't try to answer back the devil. We focus on feeding our spirit with faith, and naturally the enemy has to leave. Okay? 
So Hebrews chapter 3, verse 7. Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, now when the Holy Spirit's talking in the Scriptures, pay greater attention. Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says today, if you will hear his voice, Next, please. So I wrote it anyways. I like to write everything because I don't trust the technology. <laughs> Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, today if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. You know why? Because when you harden your hearts, the emotional spirit of the Hittite, it's there. Can you see it now? I'm not saying don't share your emotions or your feelings, but they're, they're, not, they're not the ones that lead you. Okay? <laughs> don't be robots, please. Like. Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, this is the New King James Version. Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, today if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart as in the rebellion, in the day of trial, in the wilderness. You see how it's connected from the battle in the Old Testament to here? Paul's just quoting that because he's showing you the enemy, and the Holy Spirit is found in the wilderness. We established that. They're fighting for, they're fighting for what? What's the opposite of complaining and whinging? What's the opposite of that? Gratitude. The enemy wins when you complain and whinge, but when you're in a trial, give thanks to God, for that is the will of mankind in Christ Jesus. So you see the fruits of how the enemy gets the glory and takes your situation captive. He takes your situation captive. Why? Because you've stopped giving gratitude. As you give gratitude, what happens? God, it's like an armor over your heart. Nothing can enter that place because you've given no grounds to the enemy. You've given no grounds to him. But when you complain and whinge, and murmur about your situation, guess what happens? The enemy takes your situation captive and God cannot fight on your behalf. Because in the wilderness, there's one thing the enemy wants you to do, paint a picture that God is not fair or that God is taking too long. That's why I made a decision, what? I walk with God. I take greater glory in the process than when the blessing comes. Because in the process, I learned God's character. I learned God's way. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, way, the truth and the life. It's not a name only. The greatest thing is the way. So look what it says. In the day of trial in the wilderness, where your fathers tested me, tried me, and saw my works 40 years. Therefore, I was angry with that generation and said, they always go astray in their hearts and they have not known my ways. How do you go astray in your heart? Murmuring and complaining. That's the recipe for disaster. Recipe for disaster. Not only does the, out, not only does the outward situation get worse, your heart gets poisoned. And this is probably talk that you've probably heard a lot. They always go astray in their hearts and they have not known my ways. So I saw in my wrath they shall not enter my rest. Beware, brethren, lest there be any, any of you an evil heart of unbelief departing from the Lord. 
Now he shows you the issue here. An evil heart of unbelief, what does it do naturally? It departs from God. So how does it depart from God? You're emotionally driven now. No more by the truth. So when you're emotionally driven by God, guess what happens? The, the, the truth is taken away from you. Your theology has changed. I prayed, I tried, it didn't work out for me. You begin to see why so many people are injured, why so many people are intimidated, discouraged, scared, fear of the unknown. It's because of that spirit. You've fallen into his trap and you're taken captive. You, you were delivered from Egypt, but you're carrying all these burdens in the wilderness where you're, meant, you're not meant to carry. It's like you're a survivor. You're a survivor mode. Survivor mode is like a person that just came out of battle. All he does is talk about the war. All he does is speak about his wounds. He didn't lose his story yet. So I swore my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Beware, brethren, lest there be any of you an evil heart of unbelief departing from the living God. What's the issue? What's the issue? Unbelief is the issue why so many Christians are sick. Unfortunately, so it says here, but exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin, for we have become partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. It's actually amazing. While it is said today, if you hear his voice, don't harden your heart as in the rebellion. Why is it always talking about today, 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 today? Why? Because that's what you're meant to focus on. Today, you just look at your heart, you walk with God. Don't complicate your journey. See, when you, when you take your eyes off today, you begin to look to the future. Guess what happens? You're emotionally dictating what God's going to do in your life. You're bound to get discouraged. You're bound to be confused. Then you try to be someone emotionally out of lack rather than going through the process and being established and matured. While well, I said today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts in the rebellion. Remember, the moment you harden your heart, you're emotionally driven with God. And so many people are waiting for a healing or waiting for a breakthrough or waiting for God to speak to them. Their approach is emotional. And it's sad, but you can change. For who have heard rebelled? Indeed, was it not all who came out of Egypt, led by Moses? Now with whom was he angry forty years? Was it not those who sinned, whose corpse fell in the wilderness? And to whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest, but to those who did not obey? Remember, when you're walking with God, the only thing you have is a truth. The word will never return void. It will never. But the first word, what? What's the first word that enters our life? The word of God, Hebrews, discovers the condition of our heart. The first word that God intended to enter was to discover the condition of our heart. So when I'm reading the Bible, guess what I'm doing? It's a mirror for my heart. The Word of God is alive, active, sharper than any two short. Where does it penetrate? 
discerns the thoughts, your heart, the deepest places, the first encounter you have with the Word of God is not to preach. It's not to go out there and share everything about Jesus. Let it transform you first. So if, if you're in the Word of God to transform your life, is there expectation of what God's going to do anymore or a place to hear to change? So, so you begin to see. Now with whom was he angry 40 years? Was it not those who sinned whose corpse fell in the wilderness? And to whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest, but to those who did not obey? We see that they couldn't enter because of unbelief. So unbelief today is the greatest sin in the church. And it's so um, subtle, it hides so easily. So let's, let's look at here. I'm going to go through these few scriptures and we're going to finish off. It's an, un, it's an evil heart of unbelief that allows you to harden your heart when the way is hard through your trials. This is the first thing. An evil heart of unbelief allows you to harden your heart when the way is hard through trials. How do you harden your heart through trials? How do you harden your heart through trials? What's the denominator of you going through trials and you harden your heart? Complaining? Stop praying. Stop seeking his face. Stop doing his will. That's how... You harden your heart. An evil heart of unbelief allows you to always go astray in your heart. Doorway of confusion. I'm confused. I don't know what God's doing in my life. The people here are confused, not knowing what God's doing in their heart. I know what God's doing in my heart. I know where he's leading me. An evil heart of unbelief allows you to not know his ways. This is all from that scripture that I just read to you. An evil heart of unbelief allows you to depart from the will of God. An evil heart of unbelief allows you to fall into the deceitfulness of sin. You begin to see the bigger picture. The bigger picture is not you, you know, you get back on track and all this stuff. No, you're operating unbelief. When you can put your finger on it, then you can begin to take it to God and focus on that area. An evil heart of unbelief allows you to remain in a place of rebellion. This is just one scripture I'm showing you about unbelief. And you can start to see the patterns in your life and you say, well, I can see traces of this now. So when someone comes to me and says, you know, I'm falling or I'm backsliding and I see a pattern from week to months to whatever it is, I can pinpoint what the problem is, unbelief. You just don't fall away for the sake of it. You just don't rebel for the sake of it. It's called unbelief. An evil heart of unbelief allows you to never enter his rest. You're not at rest. Look what, look what Paul said here. 
First Timothy chapter 1, verse 13. I'd like to show you the doorway of ignorance and unbelief. First Timothy 1, verse 13. I'd like to go through this, take my time, because it's so important that you know this. Although I was formerly a blasphemer, a prosecutor, and an insolent man, but I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. So what did Paul operate in because of unbelief? He was, a, he was shameful. He was a blasphemer, persecutor, shameful, outrageous, violent aggressor. He operated like that because ignorance and unbelief. First Thessalonians chapter four verse thirteen. First Thessalonians chapter four verse thirteen. I'm just giving you a picture of what ignorance and unbelief looks like. Because so many people are going through warfare, they're going through issues, and they think, oh, okay, it's the enemy. It's not the enemy. It's the unbelief that's keeping him there. Unbelief is what the enemy is attracted to. He done it to Eve. It was pleasing to her eye in the natural. But I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. Ignorance allows you to grieve. Like the rest of the world who have no hope. It means that when you operate in ignorance, you lack hope in this world. You begin to see the bigger picture that there is a bigger doorway here that's open in my life and I need to shine the light on it. The spirit of the Hittite just doesn't attack a believer for the sake of attacking a believer. He is attracted to what? Lack of wisdom, presence, word of God. He is attracted to unbelief. What did Jesus say to the devil? The first thing that Jesus said to the devil, man shall not live on bread alone, Every word that comes from the mouth of God. No more emotions, word. We don't walk by sight, we walk by faith. Is there a coincidence why the devil, why Jesus said the first thing to the devil? He exposed him how he's working in the Old Testament. He exposed him that we're not going to be emotion, emotionally dictated anymore. Let's go to 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 13 and 16 in the Amplified Version. Look how, look how Peter explains to us how we have to have a soldier mentality. Soldier mentality. I'll close up with the scripture and I'll leave the rest to next week. I want, to, I want you start to understand something. I didn't just expose the spirit of the Hittite with exposing why he's there. He's there because we lack wisdom with God and we are operating in unbelief, meaning that your commitment to God is lacking. Unfortunately, it's the only way you, I can see it. First Peter, 
I'll read it from you, it's okay. First Peter chapter 1, verse 13 to 16. Now look how Peter talks about soldier mentality. He talks about a soldier mentality. You can have a slave mentality or a, or a person, you know, who's gone through the wilderness so injured. But look what it says here in the amplified version. First Peter chapter thirteen, at first Peter chapter one, verse thirteen to sixteen. So prepare your minds for action. What's the first place you have to prepare? Your mind. The enemy attacks your mind. The first doorway. What the Bible says in Ephesians, the helmet of what? Know who you are in Christ, your identity. You start to see. So a person who's continuously attacked in their mind, guess what happened? Guess what? Lacking identity in Christ. He doesn't know what Jesus has done for him at the cross. He doesn't know how much power and authority he has in Jesus Christ. Prepare your minds for action. Be completely sober in the spirit. How do you sober in the spirit? The thought of the spirit, which is the word of God. You begin to see it's not an emotion anymore. 